Welcome to episode 14 of Mind Reading Marketing. This is the last episode of 2021. I cannot believe we're at the end of the year already. I feel like 2021 was a huge transition year for me. It was one where my business really grew and where I really had huge transformation as an entrepreneur. So I really wanted to use this episode as a way to reflect on the lessons that I learned this year as a business owner that really helped me grow and scale my business in the hopes that they'll help you scale your business as well and really spread your wings as a business owner in 2022. So let's jump in. Hi there, I'm Isabel Kateman and I run Stripe Dog Creative a website strategy and design firm dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs create strategic and elegant websites so they can attract their dream clients, raise their prices, and scale their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here for the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast. Tune in each week to hear practical business advice, tips on embracing and learning from failure, trust me, it's going to happen, and real talk on trying to create a balanced life as an entrepreneur for my guest experts and of course, from me. Ready to turn those dreams into a reality? Let's do it. honest, I actually wasn't going to do an episode like this. I had a different episode planned for the end of the year, but I was actually in a meeting this morning with a bunch of new business owners and they were all kind of bringing up these problems and these challenges that they were having. And I had this incredible realization, which felt fantastic that I could essentially coach all of them. I had come so far, and don't get me wrong, I 100,000% used to be them, but just kind of sitting there listening to them talk about boundary issues that they were having and you know client management issues that they were having made me realize how incredibly far I've come in 2021. And so just to recap, you know, I've had this business as a, you know, as a side hustle since 2017, but it really didn't take shape into what it is today until April of 2020. Um, so it's really kind of been a year and a half for me in this particular business with this particular focus. And I really attribute that success to coaching. So I really wanted to kind of take a moment to wrap up the end of the year with an episode that's really the five things that have helped me grow this year as an entrepreneur. And I really just kind of wanted to do a quick episode kind of talking about those things because, you know, if you're a new business owner, I think this will just be helpful because maybe you'll get there even faster than I did. And I think that there's a lot of established entrepreneurs and business owners that I talk to that aren't even at this place yet or might, you know, find something helpful in this episode that they're not doing yet. So I really just kind of wanted to, you know, do that quick episode and, and, hopefully there's something helpful that you'll find in here. So these are kind of the five things that really helped me grow my business this year. And I think that a lot of these lessons, unfortunately, are things that you just have to experience for yourself. I'm not sure necessarily that without going through these things, I would have learned these lessons in the same way. But I do think that it's helpful to be very aware of them because I think that there are some tactics that you can use to get there faster versus really floundering, you know, kind of by yourself and really feeling stuck and like there's not a lot of help. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about that was a huge, huge lesson for me is boundaries. I 
you know, as, as many of you know, I started as a wedding planner and had zero boundaries. If we're being completely honest, I had clients, you know, first of all, you're working on the weekend. So it's very hard to say you don't work on weekends because you're working on a weekend at someone's Saturday or Sunday or Friday night wedding. But I just realized that I, I didn't respect myself. And I also was so new that I felt like I had to bend over backwards. And I think one of the things that I've realized, which is kind of a sad realization, but when you're a new business owner, you have this view that you kind of have to take what you can get. You're, you know, a little bit desperate. Maybe you need to pay the bills. Maybe you just, you know, are eager to kind of get going on client work. So you're not very discerning in the types of clients that you bring on. And unfortunately, when you're desperate for work or, you know, you're really eager to kind of take on work, you fall into this problem of really kind of convincing clients. And whether you think so or not, you kind of put out this very desperate energy. And unfortunately, when you need the work most, which is when you are brand new in business, you get the work the least because you're so desperate for it. And, you know, I learned this a lot in my wedding planning business, but I feel like especially over the past year, I have started to really niche down into the types of clients that I want to work with. I've really started to realize the value that I bring to clients and, you know, the importance of working with clients that really are, you know, respect your value as a business owner, but can also really, you know, benefit from what you're bringing. It's really kind of a mutual relationship of, you know, I can help them with what my zone of genius is and really make a difference in their lives. And they're really grateful for it and are eager for it. And I think when you come at business from a place of really helping people and kind of wanting to help those people, you're a lot less desperate and you tend to really attract the types of clients that you want to attract. And it's sad because as you get to be more successful, you're more successful. And so I think that was just, that was a really interesting lesson for me. And I wish that it kind of wasn't the case because there were so many days, especially in the beginning of my wedding planning business. But even, you know, when I first pivoted this business, you know, back in April of 2020, that I was essentially begging for work. You know, I would kind of take anyone that I could get and I couldn't get anyone. (laughs) And now that I'm very clear on who I work with, I turn down and outsource a lot of the people that come to me. And so I just thought that was really interesting. But, you know, in terms of boundary setting, Really just, you know, making sure that you're putting yourself first, you're setting boundaries with clients, and you're really setting boundaries about the right and wrong clients. And so I think one of the biggest lessons for me was it's okay to turn people off. It's okay to have, you know, a strong personality or, you know, whatever it is. You know, if you're, if you're someone that's super sarcastic or you're someone that's really quiet and shy or someone that's totally outgoing and super effervescent and bubbly, whatever it is, you really need to lean into that because people are going to be attracted to the authenticity and the confidence as well. And I know, you know, again, it it can be difficult as a new business owner. You're kind of faking it till you make it, but you know, really that confidence and that authenticity is what's going to attract people. And it's okay if you're turning people off. In fact, you should be turning people off. If you're not turning people off, you're not being authentic enough because not everyone is going to like you and that's okay. That's what we want. And so I think it's so important to set those boundaries. And then once you have the client, clients really respect when 
you set those boundaries with them. So, you know, back in my wedding planning days, I was answering texts and Facebook messages and Instagram messages and, and emails on the weekends and a client would just cold call me and I'd pick up. Fuck that. I do not do that anymore at all. I have business hours. I don't check my email outside of business hours. I certainly don't answer on the weekends. I only answer emails. If a client cold calls me, I literally reject the call and will send them an email. But the truth of the matter is this doesn't really happen anymore because I set those boundaries from the beginning. And thankfully now, unlike with wedding planning, I'm working with other business owners versus individuals. So they're also, you know, there's a mutual respect there. But I think it's just so important to set those boundaries. And then especially with yourself, you know, when you're a new business owner, you're trying to get something off the ground, you know, I, I move fast. I'm intense. I'm, I'm, you know, I like things to kind of happen quickly. I burned myself out and I hear this from so many business owners. And so I think it's really important to kind of understand what you're capable of and what you're able to do. Um, you know, and just as an example, on the day that I'm recording this, it is 4.36 PM. This is, I had seven meetings today before this. So this is technically kind of like an eighth big thing that I'm sitting down to do. And the meeting started at 8.30 AM. And I finally, just today, after having a million of these days over the past few months, realized I need to adjust my calendar settings. Like I cannot keep taking seven meetings in a row because I am completely burnt out. And I can't then not only, you know, do the work for my clients that I need to do and kind of show up in the way that I need to show up, but also for me, you know, when I go home, you know, at the end of the night tonight, am I going to be awake enough to kind of be there for my husband? Do I personally for myself feel good? And so I just just wanted to kind of put that out there about really setting boundaries and it can be so difficult. And I was reminded of that today, listening to all of these, you know, fairly new business owners talk about how they're picking up calls from clients on the weekend and, you know, they're taking on clients that, that haven't paid yet or haven't, you know, signed a contract yet, but they just feel so bad for them. And it really just made me realize how far I've come in all of this and how difficult it can be as a new business owner to really set this up. And I know it sounds so scary and I know that you're kind of so terrified as you go to do this, but I think it is so, so, so important. And the sooner you do this, the better you feel. I promise it's like super scary the first time. And after that, it just gets easier and easier. And you start to get addicted to the feeling of like, oh my God, I can actually just say no. No is a complete sentence. And it is one of the best feelings in the world. Um, and I could probably do an entire different episode on this, but have people pay and sign a contract before you start work or at least partially pay, please just like wanted to put that little reminder in there. The second thing that I want to talk about is setting intentions. All of you know, I am not a woo woo person, but at the same time, I have definitely evolved this year to do more mantras, to journal, to set intentions. And as someone, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel this way, there's so many thoughts swirling around in your head that it can get very, it can very easily, you can get distracted and frenetic and feel like you're trying to do a million things because you are trying to do a million things. And so I think setting intentions and being really clear about why you have the business that you have, why you like helping people, why all of this is important to you. What is your goal? You know, are you doing this? to make money? And if so, go deeper. Why do you want to make that money? You know, what are you looking for out of that? 
Is it so that you can have freedom? You know, do you want to be around more for your kids or your partner or just yourself? You know, do you want to be able to travel? Whatever it is, just really kind of keep that in mind as you go about really starting to grow in your business. Because I really think that that is, is so important and can help you stay really grounded. And I think the other piece of that is really coming at it from a place of helping people. You know, as I, as I kind of say all these things, I think through all the episodes that I've already recorded this year and have put out, you know, I know Gigi talked about this a lot in her episode, but if you're coming at it from a place of how can I help people, you really are no longer worried about kind of selling or feeling sleazy. You know, it's really interesting. I was actually chatting with someone earlier today and she was telling me that she hates networking. She hates it. And I used to feel like that. My first networking experience, I was still a wedding planner. I walked into a BNI chapter in New York that had almost a hundred people. I thought to myself, how can I sell these people on my wedding planning? I wonder if anyone here is, is engaged, um, you know, or about to be engaged and, and I'm terrified and I don't know how to do this. And, and what is my pitch? And as soon as I had the epiphany that networking is actually just about connecting with people, it's not about selling. That's when I started to love networking. Networking is one of my favorite things. I do probably 10 to 15 networking calls a week. I'm in at least five different networking groups. I love it. And I don't do it because it helps my business grow. It does. And about 95% of my clients come through networking, but that's honest to God, not why I do it. I truly do it because I love meeting new people. I'd say about, you know, almost all the guests I've had on my podcast are people that I've been connected with for a few years. They're people that, you know, I just, I met at a networking event. I really liked their vibe or their energy. You know, I reached out to them or they reached out to me and we grabbed coffee or we did a Zoom chat and we got to know one another and we really connected. And some of those chats don't go well. You know, and you think to yourself, this person is, is not interesting or, you know, we, we, yeah, I can't refer to this person. Or I can't help this person. And it's okay also to connect with people that maybe the referral only goes one way too. Um, you know, maybe you can refer to them, but they can't refer to you or vice versa. But just when you get into the mindset of really helping people, really building that relationship, you know, I always talk about this in websites too, you know, connecting emotionally, making people feel something. Networking suddenly doesn't become a chore anymore. It becomes exciting. It's so fun to get to meet new people and learn more about that. And I think when you come at it from a place of helping people and really, you know, wanting to get to know people and wanting to see what makes people tick and, and asking questions, asking questions is so important. I cannot tell you the amount of networking calls that I get on it and people don't ask questions. How could you possibly learn or grow or build anything without asking questions? And so I think, you know, just setting intentions and really coming at it from that place is, is so important. And one of the other things that really helped me grow my business this year and really kind of shift into, you know, more, more of an established business owner mindset and more of, you know, I run this shit. I'm a CEO. I'm a business owner versus, you know, this is a little side hustle and I'm not quite sure where it's going to go. The third thing in that same vein is outsourcing or team building or scaling or growing, whatever you want to call it. But this was huge. And I find that people do not do this early enough. I did not do this early enough, but I now have a team of four people. I have a writer, I have a designer, I have a developer, and I have a virtual assistant. And bringing those people on was magical 
because it not only allowed me to stay in my zone of genius, but it also allowed the business to grow. So let's first just talk about staying in your zone of genius. There are so many things in a business that are not going to come naturally to you. You know, if you are not a numbers person, I suggest outsourcing your accounting and your bookkeeping. If you are, you know, not a marketer or you're not a writer, I suggest potentially outsourcing, you know, some of your email nurture series or, you know, even some of your social media you do with marketing. I will say you want to, you want to really make sure that you've established a very clear brand voice for yourself before you go about outsourcing it because Again, you want to go back to that authenticity and that connection. And so if you're immediately kind of outsourcing the marketing too early, it can be really difficult to make sure that you're staying authentic. But, you know, just kind of sit down and think about all of the things that you really don't like doing. So you might even want to reverse it. You might even think about what things do I love doing? What things bring me the most joy? And really focus on those and then figure out all the things that are not in that place of joy or not in that zone of genius. Is there a way that I can either outsource that, you know, so maybe you're hiring an accountant or you're hiring a bookkeeper or start to build a team. You know, you don't have to hire a full-time employee right off the bat. You know, you can hire an independent contractor for, you know, a few hours a week or on a retainer or something. But the minute that I started scaling my business and bringing on a team, I really started serving clients better because my focus was no longer on the things that really drained me and really didn't serve me. I was now actually able to really stay within the zone of things that I loved and then bring on team members who frankly were better at some of the things than I was. And so I think that that's one of the biggest lessons for me this year. And I did not start out the year like this, but I think too, when you're really thinking like a CEO, and what I mean by that is really thinking I can't do everything. I am not the best at everything. I am really great at guiding and leading people and kind of having a very high level bird's eye view of things, but really bringing in other people to execute. It allows your business to grow versus thinking like a solopreneur and thinking I need to do everything. And this kind of maps back to boundaries as well. If you're trying to do everything, you're going to get exhausted and you really need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. And, you know, if that's something you're not interested in, you're really happy just kind of having a smaller business and and doing it yourself, that's fine. But if you're looking to grow, I would say hire people sooner than you think because it was literally life-changing. And then on the flip side of that, from a business perspective, when you bring on more people, you can serve more clients. Because you're able to really streamline things in a way where people are handling the pieces that they're amazing at handling, and therefore you're able to take on more clients. So your business is no longer just about what the capacity, you know, what your capacity is. It's now about your team's capacity. You now have a support team. You know, previously, if I were to get sick, the business was down. So if I had a deadline for something, I would literally have to reach out to the client and be like, I'm so sorry. I know I promised this, but I have pneumonia today or whatever it is, COVID, I guess this year. But you know, with a team, you really kind of have this larger group that is able to really join forces and frankly, come up with a better product. So I, that was, I really think that was one of the biggest lessons for me this year was really just about scaling and bringing on a team. 
The fourth thing that I want to talk about is organization. And this is sort of a cheat because I just want to talk about it in this episode because I think it's so important. It's not necessarily something that I learned this year. I've always been very like OCD organized. I like embody Monica from Friends. Everything I have is color coded. Closets look incredible, like, you know, whatever. I know, although I know she has that one hall closet that's a disaster. I don't have that. But organization is so important. And I really want to kind of harp on having an organized system. So, you know, from day one, if you can get organized, things stay a lot easier. And I know I talk about Dubsado a lot. Dubsado is a CRM. It changed my life. There's a million Dubsados out there. You know, you can go to HoneyBook or whatever. Dubsado is my favorite. But when I say it literally changed my life, it changed my life. It allows you to keep track of your clients in a way that you would never be able to with just a simple spreadsheet or in your head. It, you know, if you, if you take the time to set it up the right way or outsource someone who can set it up the right way for you, then, you know, you really are able to have a system that essentially almost runs itself in the sense that, you know, maybe clients reach out to work with you and they immediately get an email back. You know, then you, you bring on a new client, you know, they hire you and they immediately get an email welcoming them. And, you know, then you apply a contract to the job and the contract immediately goes out and keeps reminding them automatically if they don't sign it. And an invoice goes out and again, keeps reminding them. And, you know, at the end of the project, the final invoice goes out without you even having to take a look at it. And again, kind of reminds them. So it takes all of this like mental load off of your plate. And I think too, you know, there are other things. I basically have a spreadsheet for everything aside from my clients, which are in Dubsado, but like I keep track of any leads that reach out to me, how quickly those leads convert, what packages I offered those leads, where those leads found me. I keep track of anyone that I network with. A lot of the people that I network with know this, but I have a spreadsheet of all the people that I network with and I color code it. So when I have a conversation with one of those people that I was talking about who doesn't ask any questions, they get color coded red. And basically all that is saying is for me and my boundary, they're not worth my time anymore. So if they reach out again, it's a message. Thank you so much. You know, it's great to hear from you. Unfortunately, I'm extremely busy right now and I do not have time to speak to you. If they get color coded orange, it means that, you know, maybe they asked some questions, but we didn't quite click. It wasn't great. And it's kind of like, I really need to think about whether I want to spend my precious time speaking to those people. And then lastly, green. If somebody is either someone that I can send a lot of referrals to, someone who can send a lot of referrals to me, or, you know, best, best case scenario mutual, someone that I really connected with, whether we can refer to each other or not, I just really liked them. We just really vibed someone that I just had an amazing conversation with. I color code those people green and the greens are the ones that I really build those deeper relationships with. The people that on an every six month basis, I make sure that I'm reaching out and we're getting a cup of coffee. I also take intense notes because I love to connect people. It is my favorite thing in the world when I do a one-to-one with someone and they're like, oh, you know, do you know, you know, I'm, I, it's Christmas time and I'm looking for, you know, an artist that paints flowers. You know, my, my grandmother would just really love, you know, a painting of a rose. And I love being able to go to my spreadsheet and control F and search painter or roses or flowers or whatever it is and be able to connect people with people. And it also just helps me when I go and, and forge those deeper connections with people. So those greens, you know, I have their kids' names, their kids' ages, 
where they live, what they do, you know, maybe what their former career was, whatever it is. But it is just so helpful the minute that you start finding whatever organizational system works for you. It can be super, super helpful in helping you grow and scale your business. And then lastly, I really want to talk about coaching. Coaching was something that I didn't really think about in the beginning of the year. When January of this year turned around, I you know, I was actually getting a lot of clients. Um, that was probably because my prices were way too low, but I had, you know, a wait list. I had a full roster of clients and I thought I was doing fine. And then I started talking to people and someone mentioned a coach, Courtney Shaw of Yay for 100K. And I looked into her program and it changed my life. It was one of those things where you think that you don't have the money to invest in something. And the truth of the matter is you can't not invest because whatever coach works for you, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be Courtney or any of the coaches that I've worked with. But one of the biggest lessons that I learned this year was that investing in yourself and investing in your business in a way that is going to allow you to grow faster, take on more clients, charge higher prices, have more freedom, be a happier business owner that is literally invaluable. And the thing is, it's not like this information isn't available online. It is available online. If you wanted to spend all day, every day watching YouTube videos or downloading opt-ins or, you know, signing up for people's nurture series, you could get probably most of the information that a coach is going to give you. But this is the thing. As you start to grow your business, you get shorter and shorter on time. Time is your most valuable resource. It is so precious because as you're taking on more clients, as you're growing, as you have a team that you're managing, as you're trying to create more freedom in your life, time is where the money is. And what a coach can do is a coach can get you from point A to point B. They can point things out that you would have never thought of yourself so much more quickly than if you were to try to find that information yourself. And so I have actually made kind of a pact with myself that this year that I will never not be in a coaching program. I'm actually in two coaching programs right now. I'm in Courtney Shaw's Yay for 100K. And then I have a one-to-one coach, Bria of Soul Rush. And literally invaluable. Like both of them have absolutely changed my business. I have had so many epiphanies and aha moments and moved my business forward in such a way that I would have never gotten to in 2021 if I did not have those two coaching opportunities. And I absolutely every single year plan to invest big money in amazing established coaches who can help me get from point A to point B faster than if I were doing it myself. Because again, time is money. Time is so valuable. And I feel like, you know, again, you have to find the coach that works for you, the personality that works for you. You know, coaches specialize in different things, but just a few of the things that I learned from my coaching program was really how to think like a CEO how to scale my business, how to invest in myself and my business, how to raise my prices and be confident in my prices. And then overall, just kind of confidence and self-worth. I think this year, I saw such a shift from January to December of this year in terms of believing in myself, doing things like launching this podcast, which I could have never thought about doing in January, knowing that, you know, 
you have something valuable to say. I think that's so important with coaching is really just helping you get out of that imposter syndrome and really build that confidence. And then lastly, and surprisingly, being really honest and being vulnerable and allowing people to connect with you. You know, I talk so much with my clients about being authentic and creating those emotional connections. And one of the best ways to do that is to really be as authentic and honest as you possibly can. I don't mean this to say that you have to get on camera and you have to like, you know, be sobbing, but I just mean this to say, you know, for example, in in the beginning of the year, I hated social media. I literally loathed it. I could not fucking stand it. It was the bane of my existence. And while it's still not my favorite thing to do, I now see it as a way of connecting with people. I see it as a way if I put my story forward, if I'm honest, if I share the struggles that I'm going through, if I have, you know, a podcast or post or whatever it is that can really help people and help them feel connected to me and resonate with me, then that's what social media is for. That's what this podcast is for. And I think that it was really coaching that allowed me to realize that, you know, I'm worthy and I'm I have something to say and I'm amazing and I can help people. And, you know, the fact that I'm sitting here on a podcast that's going out into the world saying that is huge. And I've seen it in all of the other people as well who work with coaches or even in the coaching programs that I'm on because that is what a coach can do for you. So if you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know, I really want to grow my business and I really want to scale and I really want to start to raise my prices and I really want to deal with boundaries and I really want to learn how to bring on a team and I really want help with organization, but I don't know where to start. I really, really encourage you to find a coach that can help you with your specific issues because it is literally going to catapult you into the next level of business. All right. So those are my five tips. I hope that you learned something and were able to take something away. You know, definitely make sure you're setting boundaries, you're setting intentions, think about outsourcing, really definitely make sure that you have organization and then definitely 1000% find a coach that can really work with you. And so I just wanted to take a few minutes at the end of this episode to First of all, thank all of you for listening in 2021. I'm very excited to continue this podcast into 2022. And then also just tell you a bit about what's to come in 2022 from Striped Dog Creative. So, you know, as I mentioned, I'm excited to continue the podcast. Please feel free to, you know, reach out to me on Instagram at Striped Dog Creative or email me at hello at Striped Dog Creative if there's any episodes that you want to hear. You know, this podcast is for you. If there are particular topics that you want to hear, certain things you want me to cover, I'm more than happy, you know, to, to take those suggestions because again, this is, this is to help all of you. I'm also really excited to serve a new market in 2022. I'm really kind of changing the way that I'm working with clients in terms of really starting to work with more established business owners and business owners who are thinking like a CEO, business owners who are really starting to scale. Um, you know, I do a lot of website strategy and I can really help people from an organization and strategy perspective in terms of making sure that, you know, their website isn't holding them back. A lot of people when they first start have a, you know, a DIY or maybe even use a template on their website. And, you know, as you start to grow, your website just isn't keeping up with you anymore. You're doing a lot of things manually, a lot of things on the back end and it just, it just isn't cutting it anymore. And so I'm very, very excited to start working with these people and really help them scale and grow their businesses and have a website that is going to, you know, make their life easier. It's going to be intentional. It's going to connect emotionally with clients. 
Um, and so I'm very excited for that. And then I'm also really excited to launch a course in 2022. I'm excited to have a course that is going to speak more to those new business owners and, um, you know, really kind of be more of a DIY and really help them get started, get their, you know, get their foot in the door, you know, learn, learn about website strategy, learn about how to write their own copy, learn about website design, and just really give them a solid foundation, you know, for either starting their business or, you know, if they kind of DIY'd it themselves before and they're not really happy with it, really just get it off the ground. So I'm so excited in. 2022 for all of these things. I'm excited to continue learning, continue to grow. You know, being an entrepreneur is constantly about evolving and learning from your mistakes. And, you know, I still make lots of mistakes. I think, you know, we all do as entrepreneurs. And so I'm just very excited to, to kind of continue on this journey with all of you. And I just wanted to thank you and wish all of you a very happy new year. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast with yours truly, Isabel Caitlin. If you love the show, I would appreciate it if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love hearing from all of you. Share it with a friend, family, colleague, or anyone you know who may benefit from this episode. Remember, you can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at stripedogcreative.com. All right, that's it for today. See you next time.